Okay, hi everyone. Welcome to the Big Issues podcast. This is episode five, I think, of season three, which makes it sound like an actual podcast. It's very exciting. Um, I'm joined by Mr. Tice. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing very well, thank you. This is your first time on the podcast, which I'd imagine is a great honour for you. Perhaps the most exciting moment of your life. Oh, it's definitely top three. It's, it is my debut. It's a, it's a proud moment for me and my family. I'd love to be invited back, but I don't know. We'll find out at the end of this. Depends how you do. And I'm joined by Mrs. Day, who is a seasoned podcaster, I think. He's been on the podcast loads. But last week she told me that she wasn't very good at cooking. This is just in a conversation that we had. And then I saw on FBS Twitter that you've set up a virtual cookery club for sick formers. How on earth have you managed that? So my sick formers are a bit bored. So I challenged them to a cooking competition. So we have a chef of the week in year 12 RE. What I haven't told them is that I can't really cook. So they're waiting for my entries, but I'm just keep putting that back a few weeks so they don't realise that I'm not actually very good. What's what's the best dish you've seen? Honestly, some of them are incredible. Alex in year 12 made a full roast dinner. And Tom Wade made this fancy egg thing for breakfast. I don't even know what it was, but it looked amazing. I, I don't know. what It wasn't scrambled egg. It was way more. I don't know what it was, but it looked amazing. Nice. Um, Jack also just made a bowl of cornflakes. Less amazing. Okay. Uh, well done, gents, to all of you and particularly to, to Jack. Okay, we're thinking again about what the Bible says about a certain topic. Uh, and this week's episode is what does the Bible say about heaven? And I think this is a really good one to do because it's a really important topic, but also I think it's a really misunderstood one. It, here's my challenge for you, Mr. Tice and Mrs. Day. If I type into Google the word heaven, what kind of things come up in Google images? What do we reckon? Lots of sky, lots of the colour white, I would have thought. Definitely. Yeah, I think I think you get lots of clouds, maybe yeah. some angels, maybe some sunshine. Yeah. Okay, so if those are the images that are coming up in Google, uh, what do we think that shows about a kind of common understanding of what heaven is like? So I think that gives the impression that heaven is a little bit of a fairy tale or made up or something you might see on a Disney movie. This idea of a concept that people talk about as an idea, but I'm not sure how many people think that's actually realistic. And, and also it gives the impression that there's no gravity in heaven, which I agree make, makes it sound made up. And actually that means I don't really want to go there all that much because most of the things I enjoy doing rely on gravity sports um fun being able just to sit on a sofa perhaps and spend time with my friends largely sport actually rely on gravity so if there's no gravity in heaven i don't much want to be there and i think that makes a larger point of actually the images that are portrayed of heaven it doesn't look like somewhere you want to spend eternity never mind a few years it probably looks like a fun day trip but not more than that that's really helpful so when we talk about enterprise girls being inquisitive asking questions i guess one question is is heaven real uh, but another question is, is it appealing? Because clouds, I mean, clouds can look nice, can't they? But do you really want to spend forever sat on a cloud doing nothing? So let's try and unpack what, what the Bible says about heaven. So what do we actually mean by heaven? Mr. Tice, I wonder if you could just try and define heaven. Is heaven even the right words? Well, perhaps it's not the right word. I mean, I think crucially what we mean by heaven is we don't just mean somewhere in the sky. We, we mean here on earth, right? We mean a new creation. We mean that it'll be here on earth, only earth will be new. So I think the impression the Bible gives to me, at least, is that it will in some way be recognisable. It won't be completely and utterly foreign, but it'll almost be like this, but just better. And all the bad stuff that we hate 
actually that won't be there it'll just be the good stuff and amplified because it'll be creation as it was meant to be creation without um the the ruinous impact of sin okay so i think you've already been referring there to a really famous passage about the new creation yeah which is found in revelation 21 so that's the penultimate chapter of the bible so if you ever get a bible you just flick right to the end and just go one page in that is where you would find it and this is what it says it says then i saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea i saw the holy city the new jerusalem coming down out of heaven from god prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband and i heard a loud voice from the throne saying look God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Uh, Mr. Day, I wonder if you could just kind of highlight maybe just two or three things of that that those verses tell us about the new creation. So where the verse says, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. So we get this idea that God will be in heaven and he will be with people. So in heaven, we will be with God. We will be in the same place as God. Verse four um, is a really great verse where it talks about he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no death or mourning or crying or pain. And this is the idea that in heaven, we won't have any of those negative experiences there won't be any more death or any more pain and I think that's really hard for us to imagine because that's just what our world is full of we can imagine a world where there are none of those negative experiences mm. but that's what this says about heaven which is pretty amazing and Mrs Day I'd, I'd add to that that you're dead right it feels hard to imagine and yet at the same time we kind of yearn for it don't we so when things go wrong, our reaction isn't, ah, oh, you know, that's yeah, that's how it goes, I guess. No, we don't really react like that. We go, no, it shouldn't be that way. Like 100,000 people have died of COVID. We go, it shouldn't be that way. So I agree that heaven, we can't imagine it often. But at the same time, I think deep down, all of us sort of yearn for it. And we kind of yearn for it in a way that says, deep down, we think this is the way it should be. And the Bible says, yeah, you're right, that this is the way it should be. No more crying, pain or tears. And it is going to be that way. Yeah, and it's amazing to be thinking about that because we're recording the podcast the day after it was announced that 100,000 people had died of COVID uh, in the UK since this pandemic began. And actually, that's an immensely sad number. Uh, and we are surrounded by lots of things that are really sad. Uh, and yet this is, as you said, it's uh, something that we long for somewhere where there isn't suffering. So in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, it says that God has set eternity in the human heart. So it's saying that that we we naturally long for something that is eternal, but also something that is that is that we're made for and is better than this. Uh, and the Bible says, yeah, that is that is the new creation. I always feel like that passage should have every time it's read should have a sort of powerful theme tune behind it. So I was turning to my wife there to ask her to hum the gladiator theme tune as it was read, but it didn't quite I, match it. I can I can edit that in. So in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, it says that God has set eternity in the human heart. <laughs> I always feel like it should have something more than just, you know. See, I was really hoping you meant the other gladiators. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You will go on my first whistle. <laughs> well, brilliant. There's another 90s cultural reference that none of our, none of our boys will understand. Although Mr. Harris, the school finance and operations manager, was telling me today that he really liked the Destiny's Child reference. 
in uh, the podcast a couple of weeks ago from Mr. O'Donnell. So there you go. Some people like them. Anyway, back to the question, which is actually about heaven and the new creation rather than the 90s. How much are we actually told about the new creation? Yeah, so actually, if you look at the Bible, there is clear indication through books such as First Corinthians. And so in First Corinthians chapter 15, there's a whole chapter about life after death and resurrection. But the Bible doesn't go into loads of detail on exactly what that will look like or how that will work. But what we do know and what the Bible is very clear about is that there is this physical life after death of a physical resurrection and that that means that humans will be with God. So this idea of being in God's presence and with God all the time, which is just incredible. Yeah, and I guess if we don't see how incredible that is, because it's because we don't see how incredible God is and uh, how exciting that relationship is. So how much does the Bible say? It tells us enough. It tells us enough to be really excited about it. Uh, and Mr. Ty's final final question for you, who exactly is going to be in the new creation? I th- mm. Well, I guess the, the Bible is really clear that the only one who can take us through death is the one who has himself conquered death, and that is Jesus Christ. And I guess that's the other thrust of 1 Corinthians 15. So who's going to be there? It's going to be people that trust in Jesus. Um, so I have no confidence that I can get through death. I can hardly get through a week in lockdown at the moment, never mind death itself, the greatest enemy. And yet I know that Jesus Christ can get me through death because he himself has done it. So I put my trust in him. And as a result, I believe that in heaven, I'll be there. I don't deserve to be there, but I will be there in his mercy. And other people who similarly have put their trust in the Lord Jesus and said, Jesus, get me through death. I can't face it without you. Get me through death. They'll be there too. Yeah, and at the centre of it all will be Jesus. Uh, and we saw that in a, something we looked at a couple of weeks ago in a podcast a couple of weeks ago from John 17. Jesus says, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So it's not that Jesus gets us into heaven and that's job done and then we go off and enjoy it. It's actually at the centre of it is knowing God. I'm going to finish by reading uh, a little quote from a book. I don't think I've ever done this in a podcast, but I'm going to read a quote from a book that isn't the Bible, but is a book called The Last Battle, which is one of the Chronicles of Narnia. And the Chronicles of Narnia, if you know them, boys, uh, they're brilliant books. They're written by C.S. Lewis, who's an Oxford and, and Cambridge a scholar. But he also wrote these books. And these books, even though they're children's books, they're incredibly perceptive about a lot of big questions. And The Last Battle is the end of Narnia and going into the new Narnia. And so it's kind of an analogy for the new creation. And this is how it finishes. This is the last page of the novel. Aslan says, the term is over. The holidays have begun. The dream is ended. This is the morning. And as he spoke, he no longer looked at them like a lion, but the things that began to happen after that were so great and so beautiful that I cannot write them. And for us, this is the end of all the stories. And we can most truly say that they all lived happily ever after. But for them, it was only the beginning of the real story. All their life in this world and all their adventures in Narnia had only been the cover and the title page. Now at last, they were beginning chapter one of the great story, which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever, in which every chapter is better than the one before. And that's the end of the book and that's the end of the series. But I think he really captures the fact that going to the new creation isn't boring. Actually, the start of another brilliant adventure that's actually a more wonderful, more exciting place than here. So for Christians, it's something to to massively look forward to. And at the centre of it is Jesus. 
And there have been some really big claims made in this podcast. So remember your enterprise skills, remember to be inquisitive and to be problem solving and boundary pushing and to, to work out what you think about these things and then express your opinion to others. That's what we're asking you to do, just to engage and to work out what you think. Okay, brilliant. Uh, stay safe, boys, and we will see you next time. Yeah.